Well, welcome to the Gather Podcast, and this is actually the last episode of the Gather Podcast, but don't worry, because we are actually combining the I'm Glad I Heard That Podcast with the Gather Podcast, because we heard from you that you've been listening to both, and we want to put them together into one and focus our energy. So in a couple weeks, you will actually hear me interviewing Harry Krupski on the I'm Glad I Heard That Podcast, and today we get to talk to Lisa about um, early childhood development and all things being a mom. And I'm super excited about that because Lisa and I were actually in a small group together for years and we prayed for, celebrated, and just really watched our children grow up together. And um, when I was going to um, talk to her about today, she said, well, maybe don't introduce me as a PhD in early childhood development because she's very humble and she wants you to know that she's in the trenches with you and has some of the same insecurities that you and I both have and had and um, wants to share that too with you today. So first of all, Lisa, just tell me a little bit about your family. Oh, um, I feel like my family is probably the greatest gift God's ever given uh, given me, given to me and blessed me with. Um, I have a husband, Chris, who just, wow, over the years he has just grown um, closer to God and just learned how to lead us, you know, as a family and also spiritually and really as our guide. So I really appreciate watching him uh, move through that. Uh, we have four grown children now. Oh boy. Our oldest is Christopher and he actually is um, done with his first year of seminary. Um, super exciting. Um, and it's just awesome to see him just living out what we've known for quite some time should be his path, but he had to determine that. Mm-hmm. Um, Becca, our oldest daughter, is actually done, and she, um, as she says, she passed her first year of medical school, so good to know uh, that she passed. We do want doctors that pass. Um, this and is helpful. So, <laughs> this is very helpful. So she actually passed her first year uh-huh. of medical school, and again, just exciting to see her moving in that direction. And then our two younger daughters, Jennifer and Katie, are in their undergraduate years, um, still trying to figure out as they move through exactly what they want to do. But regardless, it's so fun to see them just like you see these traits when they're younger and then you're like, wow, those are really cool. And then to see that all God, like pull that all together into this adult that they're becoming. And so it's really kind of fun to watch um, and see that happen. That's so great. Yeah. So I know your, um, your family was the inspiration for your blog and I'm just going to read the intro to your blog right now. So everybody can hear that. It says, um, in the moments is the name of the blog and it says prayerful parenting As parents, it's important that we make the most of the moments that God has blessed us with. I am most successful when I simply connect with my children during the moments when we are already together. I created in the moments with this idea in mind, which is so perfect because it's definitely what we teach here at Faith. It's just like while you're going along the way in Deuteronomy 6 where it talks about, you know, where you rise and you you know, go to sleep, yeah. when you're eating together, when you're driving in the car, all those different things that are just along the way. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about that inspiration and how you decided on the name. Yeah, so I actually grew up in church, but didn't really know 
or understand what Jesus did for me, even though I grew up my whole life in church. I didn't know that. I didn't know about having a relationship with Jesus. I didn't. I just didn't know. And so then when I when I learned, I we didn't. I think we only had two of our four children at that point. Um, and I really didn't want that for my children. I didn't want them to grow up just going to church because that was something that you checked off your box. I really wanted them to to learn about God day in and day out. And and yet I felt so new to Christianity that I felt like, I don't, how do I do that? And it was really exactly as it says. It was in those moments that I stumbled through and figured it out as we were, you know, as they were growing up and as I was being their mom and, and trying to figure that out. I, I, it was the most natural for me. I wanted to be the mom who like opened up scripture and did this great devotional and it just didn't Had a craft. craft. It, and a craft. I really absolutely thought it should be all of those things. And, and then it just felt so fake and it wasn't me. And mm-hmm. so I really found that the best way that I could do that was working with them in the moment. So while we were playing and while we were eating and while we were driving in the car, all of those times where we could just mm-hmm. spend our time and I could bring God into that and really begin to talk to them. And so that is how the um, title came about was just it's simple. It's in the moments. And I've gotten a chance to read all your blogs posts and they are wonderful. Thank so. you. Um, what are some practical ways? So in those everyday moments that you did bring Jesus in? Yeah. So as I said, you know, it really is about taking those moments all throughout. So my, one of my favorite times is definitely the car. I feel like they're strapped in, they can't go anywhere. So they're stuck with you. And and it's like, it's just a great time for you to be able to um, have conversations. One of my favorite things to do during drive times was play when they were little, especially was just playing games. So we would play I spy games. And while we were playing I spy, we would look for things that God created or things we might be thankful for. Um, and then, and so we would play I Spy that way mm-hmm. as they got older. And especially as I was driving them to school, we would actually play, we would pray, um, pray about what was coming up on their day. I have this memory that we all still joke about today. Jennifer, I don't know for what reason, was really thirsty. And so she actually prayed for a drink of water when she got to school. And um, and so we all still joke about Jennifer praying that, that like that practical simple, need, very practical need for water from the fountain when you get to school. And so that time, you know, so really it was those moments like in the car mm-hmm. um, or um, when you're at bedtime is another one that definitely Definitely, you know, I am not a nighttime person, I'm an early morning person, and so nighttime, bedtime was really hard for me, especially with young children, was really difficult. Mm -hmm. I just sort of wanted to get it done. Um, And so, but I figured out that it's actually such a perfect time, Um, and I really learned that it was a moment, again, they're laying down, they're there, um, and I, I could use that time to pray with them, pray about what went well that day, what they were concerned about for the next day, maybe what um, some things that happened that maybe they wanted to really pray to God about um, themselves. And so we, we, I was able to use that moment, that bedtime moment, to bring Jesus into our conversations, into prayer. I love that because we were talking earlier about how we have to give up some control as parents and that time being, maybe you wanted that downtime and you're like, wait a second, but this is an important sacred time to just kind of take the time with the kids. And so, and also what about 
the hard things like potty training. Like potty how do we give training. up control in oh, potty training? Potty training, probably my least favorite thing as a parent is potty training, you know, and it is, it's all about that control. And um, I'm not gonna lie, it was definitely uh, a difficult time. But what I learned is that during potty training, it is a chance to really not only learn for yourself, because it was really a lesson for me, but really um, lead by example for your children to see that that control can be given to God. And, um, and so that's really what I was able to do. I was able to um, learn to relax and to live with them through those moments of potty training. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so when they had accidents, you know, I would be there, you know, very intentionally with them as they were, as they had that accident. And really we would spend a moment praying after I cleaned them up, um, you know, just praying to God to help them um, the next time around to know, um, but um, saying, you know, letting them know that it was okay. And, um, you know, when they were like trying to figure out if they had to go, we would also so just talk about how God designed them for this this time that they would figure that out that this is how God made them and that they would learn and you know what I learned from it is that that giving up control not only helped me um, helped me to to learn that I could give things to God tough parenting moments to God but it also mm -hmm. taught them that in those moments where they're having to learn that I was being patient and so they learned that God is also patient and that they can be patient. Mm, that's really good. And when they that's have right. accidents, they knew that it was okay, that I wasn't going to be angry. And that they and they and then when they figured out potty training, um, you know, which was quicker with some, slow with others, you know, when they figured it out, they knew and they learned these lessons that they could lean on God and that they would figure it out. Even if it took them a while that they would figure it out and they could be successful. So that that's just that first moment where they get to learn those lessons. Mm -hmm. And then that really sets them up for success and our relationship up for success for the bigger things that they have to learn. You know, it seems so big at the moment, but they have bigger things they're going to have to learn as they grow. So um, giving up control is so hard, but so important. Okay, so I have to catch the joke because you did say you're going to learn by example. Mm -hmm. So so that means you showed them by example too, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> That's probably a good one. But some of the um, important things that you said is it sets up our relationship for success in the future. Yeah. And yeah. so many times I see that parents do sometimes communicate frustration. Yeah. And so it is frustrating, but maybe we need to not communicate that to the kids. Right. Um, so I just love that you said, like, we're not going to hurry. We're just going to enjoy this time and, yeah. like, set that time aside and let go of some control. Yes. Have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Those, I mean, we sang a song and... Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to sing it, but it was called <laughs> You Are a Super Duper Pooper. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and it was uh, it was lovely. And so um, y'all can ask Pastor Joe to sing that sometime. <laughs> um, but yeah, my kids will love that one. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it, it's, you know, it's just having fun, right? And then just letting go of that control and gaining confidence as a parent. Yeah. I, you said some really important things there that yeah. are so... Yeah. So good. And that goes with picky eating too. Oh, you know, yes. practically how do we how do we handle picky eating when those are probably two of the more frustrating things. You're right. Picky eating is um, very difficult and I think, you know, first and foremost, um, I I think our instinct is to make sure they eat a lot of vegetables, that they're eating the healthy foods. And I think what we forget um, is that as babies, they are born 
you know, they know when they're hungry, when they're not hungry, they know when to stop eating. And as they get to that point where we're feeding them solid foods, and especially when they control what choice, they can control what choices they have and how much they eat, we need to let them continue that. Mm -hmm. um, Mealtime with children, especially young children, sets the stage for a healthy relationship with food. And the only way that we can do that is by really um, just a, uh, recognizing that they, um, they can make those choices. They know when they're hungry and they know when they're full or they know when they don't want to eat. Absolutely. And so I, would, I swear, I used to make a joke that our children were living on air at moments. I felt like they had eaten nothing in two or three days. And I like said, I think they might be growing up on air. But in, in, in what really happened was that we would offer them food. I always made sure to offer them at least one thing that they liked. And so, especially for Katie, I feel like they, we probably had the same two things every time, you know, every time we had food along with our food, just so that she always had at least something that she liked. But I just, it was that moment for her to be able to choose, I'm going to eat this or I'm not hungry right now. And then, you know what you'll see as a parent? It's really cool because they might, it might feel like they haven't eaten in a couple of days, but then they actually make up for that um, as they go. And yeah. so really um, recognizing that they do know when they're hungry and when they're not. We also had a lot of fun with it, though. We would just, you know, just like potty training, just like other times, time to have fun. And so the joke that we still make is about this broccoli that um, this broccoli, Katie, um, we would say it was a tree and that we eat it before the monkeys climb in it or whatever. And she would eat it. So we also had some fun, uh, made it, a, you know, made it so that it wasn't so stressful and it wasn't... Um, like you have to eat this, but rather this is a fun time and we're here together as a family and we can, um, and, and, and as we eat and we talk, eating may come. If you're done, you'll just, you know, you'll be here with us talking and, and that's that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's just, it occurs to me, you know, as we're talking, that one of the big things of letting go control is like you're giving them control. Mm -hmm. And so as a parent, just transferring that control to them, yeah. where they're yeah. babies, you're feeding them, yep. Yep. and um, and then you're releasing that control mm -hmm. to them, and, and so sometimes there's anxiety around that transfer of control uh, at every age and stage, and we have to just kind of maybe deal with that personally first before Absolutely. we start that, you know, trying to potty train, just kind of like, yeah. okay, how do I pray yeah. about it, get peaceful about it, yeah. Yeah. kind of talk to my people, yeah. Yeah. talk to um, yeah. the moms here. We're going to bring Lisa into Mom's Cafe, too, and um, to your friends and parents that you trust and um, your spouse, and yeah. and then get ready and feel like prepared beforehand, too. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that giving up, especially when it's something like food where you feel like, but I need to make sure they're healthy. Yeah. I need to make sure they're getting what they need. And their bodies will tell them. And it's yes. better to have a good relationship with them where they don't see mealtime as a struggle. Right. And it's better. And it will it'll feel good to you, too, because you won't feel like you're constantly arguing or struggling yeah. with them. So in the long run, it really does work. And really, truly, their bodies do know. Yeah, and I think just normalizing that, that yeah. their bodies yeah. do know when to mm -hmm. eat and when not to eat. Our, our pediatrician said to me, um, my son is six foot tall, and he literally survived on mac and cheese. Yeah. So it's going to be okay, yeah. you yeah. know, it's yep. going to be all right. Yep. And that was yep. kind of good yep. to know for me because um, right. I had one, one picky eater that was like, <laughs> he literally could go yeah. a really long time without yeah. eating. Right. It was like, right, right. just yeah. drink water, I guess. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, and yeah, I think the, um, the idea that we had talked about before too, that eating and, um, and potty training are really big for that relationship Absolutely. and, and just kind of handing that control over. Absolutely. So, um, what does it mean that your home is custom designed by your children? That was one of your blog posts <laughs> and I, I loved it. Oh my goodness. So I just, our house was definitely, I mean, it was a small home and we have four children. And so there was a lot of mess, um, very uh, chaotic sometimes, very messy sometimes. And, oh, you know, we had this space. It was like the space between, like it was open and it was large enough that between the kitchen and the dining room and the living room. And so there was this big space and the kids would bring out, I mean, not just toys, sometimes other things, blankets, clothes, I don't know, it depends on the game they were playing. And they would sit there and the game would go on for days. And so as a mom, well, no, as a woman who wanted her house to look a little better. I actually really wanted to have them clean it up after they were done, but I knew that game was going on. And so I, it, you know, I just had to hold on tight. And one of the things that always ran through my head growing up, my mom had this like cross stitch framed thing in the kitchen that said, um, there will be years for cleaning and cooking, but children grow up when you're not looking. And as a kid, I didn't understand that. And also my mom always seemed really neat and clean. And so I think I also was sort of like, I don't understand because our house is clean. But as, as a mom of young children, I was like, oh, this is so important for me to remember because they're going to mm -hmm. grow up and I'm going to be sad. And, and our house is definitely, they're grown up now. Our house is definitely cleaner. I mean, it stays clean. It's easy. And it's not so chaotic and noisy. And there are days where I actually miss. I probably don't miss all the little Legos that you accidentally step on. But but I do miss that noise and that that those fun times. And they still remember those games that they played at, in that little Bermuda Triangle. And they still talk about it. Yeah. They loved it. And so just you know mm -hmm. that it's about control again and letting go of just a little bit um, to enjoy those moments with your kids and knowing that. What is important to you maybe doesn't isn't as important as what they're going through right then. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and that imaginative play is so important. So good. So how can parents sometimes? You talked about like distorting the reality, oh. and like what does that look like? So I don't, I'm assuming all parents do this. Well, I'll say all moms do this because I think we're really hard on ourselves. So let's just say I think most moms do this, but I for sure really struggle with, um, you know, I lay down at night. At the end of the day, I'm sort of sorting through my day and I sort of start weighing like what went well, what didn't go well. And what's crazy is the things that didn't go well get like, 10 pounds and the things that went well get 0.5 pounds, you know? And so I'm like magnifying those things that didn't go well to a point where I've now distorted the entire day that could have been fine, but I'm only remembering the times where I maybe didn't react with grace or with patience and, and, you know, just kicking myself and it runs through my head over and over again. And then I realized that 
if I were talking to a friend, I would never say, wow, you were a bad parent today. I would right. never say that. I would say, we all make mistakes. What can you do next time to, you know, and I would help them come up with some okay. tricks or some ideas yeah. for what they could do next. And so then that friend I would talk to at night or that friend, I still do this because even though it's very different things that you're thinking about, I still end my day by thinking about how, how our days all went. And um, so that friend I talked to is God and I learned to just pray pray over the day asking for him to really like magnify those good things so that I can keep those and um, and really let them light me up and then also for strength for the next day for something so when they were little it was whether it was patience that was a lot or them to get along or for me to handle that in a different way and so really um, a conversation with God each night about my day. It was much better than me deciding and giving weight to how things went and then really kind of kicking myself for feeling like I'm not a good mom and mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was doing. <clears throat> That's so good. I did the same. Like just yeah. like that time and we think of the word confess to confess to like say you're sorry or something, but I just like expressed yeah. like the day and confessed the day yeah. to God and like walked through from <laughs> oh, beginning yeah. to end. Yeah. And that life of confession to God, that relationship. Yeah. And he does like show you, oh, that could change a little here, yeah. Yeah. but it's with so much grace. So much grace. And yeah. I was such a better parent to unpack my yeah. day with God. Yeah. And yeah. then to say, okay, now I'm gonna give you tomorrow. Yeah. And I know your, your grace yeah. and your yeah. love is new every morning. Yeah. So it's like just that renewal in him. Absolutely. So good. Um, all right. And so what are some healthy rhythms that you tended to set up with the littles in your home? Um, so I feel like it was different when they were little and as they grew, it, it changed. But really exactly what you talked about um, at the beginning of our conversation about those, those times where we would just mm -hmm. find it was really about finding those times where we were together, that we could take advantage of that. Um, and so I think I always felt it to be a little difficult um, when things started to change, like when one of them would start school or move to a middle school or whatever. And so it took us a moment mm -hmm. to figure it out. Um, and then once we figured it out, we were able to get back into another, you know, the rhythm looked different, but it was the same thing. It was, when are we together? And how does this conversation how does that conversation, how does that prayer, how does that, that time to talk about God, talk about the Bible, what does that look like now? And what's cool is that while the rhythms changed but really stayed the same, you know, same idea, the conversations just got better and better because they understood more, they could ask questions. And so it, I loved it when the conversations just got deeper and deeper. And one of my favorite things was this book somebody gave me called Parenting Through Scripture. And so I think this was right around elementary time and I could look up something that I saw them struggling with Patience was a good one and um, find, you know, they had multiple scripture verses that would go with that. And then we would talk about one of those and really pray over that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you know, go on. So I would just paying attention to their lives and bringing scripture into it. So the older they got, the more we could dig into that a little bit more and think, think more about what God says about that. And then we could pray about it. So that's probably one of my favorite memories myself of like, oh, I can bring the Bible into this and, and it's very intentional. Right. Awesome. That's so good. Yeah. And you said too that, you know, you really had to adjust to each age and stage, mm -hmm. whether it's moving into middle school or high school. And right now all the moms and dads are adjusting a lot to, you know, 
online school or virtual school or all these things, but then just continuing to think, well, how do I capture these moments too? Even though we're all kind of going through stress, but sometimes when we're going through stress, those are the best times where we can say, okay, how are we going to handle this stress? Yeah. Yeah. And how are we going to rely on God during that? So that's so good. I agree. And I think that is such a great model for your children to see you sort of center yourself back around. And, 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 you know, it's true because I can only imagine, I, I actually I cannot imagine being a parent, you know, at this point in time. <laughs> with that, I, I just think, oh, I mean, I have said multiple times, yeah. so glad that I'm not having, I, it's enough to manage mm-hmm. children at home doing online schooling when they're college age. And I, you know, I'm just trying to make sure everybody has enough bandwidth to like not get kicked off of their Zoom classes. Right. That I cannot imagine having to, help your children get through it's just tough and so but I do think that when we find those times it gives that message also to our children that this is valuable enough for us to think through and set that aside so that's good and also to rest I've heard a lot of parents saying we just took a mental health day we just took a day off you know so and those rhythms of rest being built Mm -hmm. in is also a godly rhythm absolutely well I'm excited to have you come to mom's cafe I'm excited too If you've liked this interview, like and subscribe to this channel, and I'll see you in a few weeks, and I'm glad I've heard that.